At Woodside Bible Church, we gather each week to pursue God by studying His Word together. Thanks for tuning into our series, The Follower's Trail Guide, Navigating the Path of Jesus, where we're asking the question, what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? As we walk through Jesus' farewell discourse to his followers in the book of John, we'll learn to follow in the steps of Christ as he marks out the way of discipleship for us. All right, this morning, if you have a Bible or electronic device, I want to encourage you to take that out and turn with me to the book of John. We're going to be back in the book of John today in chapter 16, and we're going to begin in the second part of verse 4 today. So John chapter 16, beginning in the second part of verse 4. And uh, today, as we're here, I've got a question for the kids, if you're a kid in here. Um, Do you ever need help? Kids, do you ever need help? Right? I mean, I know a lot of kids, as, as we're growing, the whole point is we're, as parents, we're trying to raise our kids so that they can be um, producers and, and helpers within society. And we want them to be able to dress themselves and to bathe themselves and all of those good things that we're supposed to do. But sometimes in life, we still find ourselves in need. And I remember as a child, there was this one time not just one time, but there was this one time uh, that I find myself in deep need. You see, I was a kid that got super excited about uh, playing sports and going and playing with my friends. And one day my friends were all outside and they had this big, big football game that we had planned in the middle of our court. And so in the middle of our court, there was this big grass area that we played football in. And it was like the football game of all the ages. And so I run down into my, my bedroom trying to find my cleats, and I find my cleats, and I'm trying to hustle and bustle and try to get them um, on my feet so that I can get into the game, and I realize that there was a knot in one of the shoes. So I'm like, oh, not, this is not the right time. And so I'm there trying to fix the knot, and I'm pulling on I'm yanking on and I got the pressure because the game's going on, and I wanted to get out in the game. And so I'm working so frivolously at the thing, and I'm trying to get it all done, and it's just becoming more and more frustrating. I'm becoming angry. I'm throwing the shoes against the wall as though somehow that's going to help the knot come out. I'm so frustrated. And so I march upstairs from my bedroom into the kitchen, and I, I pull open the, the drawer that has all the junk drawer in the kitchen where the scissors were. And I was like, I'm, I just, I can't take it anymore. So I get ready to grab those scissors. And my mom must have overheard me in those moments. And she's like, Jeffrey, what are you doing? Mom, don't bother me now. I'm on a mission. She's like, no, what's wrong? And so she comes down in the kitchen. She's standing there. She's like, what are you doing with those scissors? I'm like, mom, I'm taking care of this knot. This knot is not coming out. And it's making me so frustrated. I just can't deal with this right now. And she's like, Jeffrey, because that's what she calls me. She's like, Jeffrey, give me the shoe. Just give me the shoe. I'm like, no, Mom. You can't fix this. Nobody can fix this. Only the scissors can fix it. And she's like, Jeff, just give me the shoe. Just give me the shoe. I'm like, fine. Here's the shoe. So I give her the shoe begrudgingly. And she takes the shoe. Like in four seconds, 4.2 seconds, she had that dude unknotted. I don't know how she did it, but it was like she, she's like the knot whisperer where she just like, there it is. Mom, how did you do that? You're amazing. I'm like, thank you, Mom. And she's like, see, Jeff, sometimes you just need a little help. 
Sometimes we, we get into life and she started trying to turn this into like this big like um, um, family moment, this teachable moment. I'm like, mom, there's a football game. But I did hear the few words. She's like, yeah, sometimes in life you're going to go through problems where you just can't fix it on your own and you need some help. I'm like, thanks, mom. Put on the shoes, got out there and played football. But you know, that has stuck with me over the years. You know, sometimes... We get involved in life and we start to have trouble and we start to have challenges and we get frustrated. And then we like lose all common sense. We lose all of our abilities to think clearly and to be rational and we just start acting instead of waiting. And today as we look at the passage that we're going to look at today, we're going to see that remember the context of what's happening is Jesus is getting ready to go to the cross. Jesus knows that his time with his disciples is coming to an end um, until he goes to the cross and then comes back. Uh, he knows that his time is short. And so he's trying to communicate with the disciples to prepare them for what's coming. And he tells them last week, we learned that as you walk in the spirit, as you abide in Christ, the world is going to hate you. The world is going to turn on you, and the world is going to persecute you. So he can sense what's going on in the room. The, the Lord knows that his disciples that are hearing this message on this day are being full of sorrow. They're full of worry. And Jesus comes to them and says, you will not be alone. I am not leaving you alone, but I am going to send a helper to you. And so today, that's what we're going to see. We're going to see Jesus talking about the, the fact of this great and amazing gift called the Holy Spirit. And so today as we turn our attention to the text, I want us to understand that the Holy Spirit, who is a member of the Trinity, the, who is a person, who is a part of the Godhead, we have God the Father, we have God the Son, and we have God the Holy Spirit. When we take a look at God the Holy Spirit, within Christian tradition, there have been many, many different denominations and different traditions that look at the Holy Spirit and it, of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit can, can become the most confusing or the mis, most misunderstood uh, part of the Trinity. And we see that in some traditions over the years, some have elevated the role of the Spirit to being that the spirit is everything and the spirit is, gives, is the giver of these great gifts and we have these gifts of tongues and we have these gifts of prophecy and the spirit is all of this. And so they elevate the spirit and then there are some traditions that kind of downplay the spirit. As, as though we know God the Father and we got God the Son and we've got both of those, but this Holy Spirit thing, it's, it's there. We don't understand it, so we're going to downplay it. And maybe you're, you're, if you're a brand new believer or you've just been walking with the Lord and you're like, yeah, I don't know anything about the Holy Spirit. Like, that's, it's so foreign to me to have this understanding. I, I get and I can wrap my mind around the fact that, that God is creator and that God is, God is the son in the person of Jesus. But this Holy Spirit thing, like it's just, it's hard for me to grasp. And so today I want us to see, we're not going to be able to go to the depths of understanding the Holy Spirit. But I want us to see how Jesus himself relays to us and gives us some deeper understanding of who the Holy Spirit is and what the Holy Spirit has been sent to do. And so as Jesus knows that what is ahead, this is what he says to them to give them encouragement. Look with me in uh, chapter 16 in the second part of verse 4. 
Jesus says, I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you. But now I'm going to him who sent me, and none of you asked me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Now, Jesus, again, we see him sensing the room, what's going on. He says, I'm not, I haven't told you these things from the beginning. Right? I, I, I haven't told you this because you weren't ready for it. But now I've told you I am going away. And you haven't even asked where I'm going. But we, he could see that sorrow was filling their hearts. And so what does he say to them? He, he knows the challenges that he, they face. And he says, I'm not going to be there. Now think about that just for a moment, right? Like as a child, children that are here today, imagine that both of your parents come to you, they sit you down at dinner tonight. You have a really, really nice dinner and then they look at you and they say, guess what, son or daughter, we're going away. What questions would you have on your minds, kids? Like, uh, where are you going? Can I go with you? Who's going to make my breakfast in the morning? Who's taking me to school? Who's going to put clothes on? What? I have all of these questions. That's what the disciples are feeling. They have all of these questions, and Jesus is telling them, I'm going away. But then he goes on, and he says, but it's to your advantage that I go away. This is shocking. Like, imagine again, kids, your parents say, hey, I'm leaving we're leaving on a jet train and don't know when we'll be back again. And they start singing it. You're like, stop. So they're, they're, you're worried and you're concerned because you have all these questions. And then they say, but it's to your advantage. Wait a minute. You're telling me, parents, you're going away and it's to my advantage? How does that be? How can that be? And Jesus says, it's to your advantage because the helper I'm going to send you is going to come. See, the advantage, the overwhelming advantage of the Holy Spirit is it's a couple of things. First, the advantage of the Holy Spirit is that Jesus, because he was fully God and fully man, by his humanity, he was limited to space and time. Jesus could only be in one place at one time. The Holy Spirit being a person but also being spirit can be in everywhere at all times. So in this place right now, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit has indwelled you, living inside of you, and the Spirit is present in this place where Jesus is in heaven. So it's to our advantage it's to our advantage that the Holy Spirit is spirit and person but he's here present in our lives. So it's to our advantage. But then we also see that Jesus is going to go on to say um, why the Spirit was sent. He's going to answer this question, why was the Spirit sent and why is it to our advantage? And we're going to see that it's to our advantage because of the work of the Spirit, the things that the Spirit does. And today in this text, we see that Jesus gives us three reasons why the Spirit was sent. The first we see was in verse 7. The Spirit was sent to help believers. 
The Spirit was sent to help believers. Look in verse 7 again. He says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. See, Jesus understood that to live the Christian life, to walk the journey that, was, that is before each one of us, we would need help that we could not do it on our own. In the same way that we contribute nothing to our salvation, we contribute nothing necessarily to our sanctification. Sanctification is the work of the Spirit inside of us, and as God is moving us and making us more like Christ, it is the Spirit inside of us that's doing it. And so Jesus knew that we would need a helper, and we'd need some help. And again, this Holy Spirit is a person. The Spirit is the third person of the Godhead. That means that the Holy Spirit has all the same essence and attributes of God. Meaning that everything that God is, he is. He is of the same value, of the same worth, of the same person. And so the way we communicate this is we understand that there is one God. The Bible clearly communicates there is one God. But in that God there are three persons with three distinct Roles. We see God the Father is, has the Father as creator and sustainer and the sovereign one of all things. That's God the Father. And then we see God the Son who shows up in the person of Christ who is our salvation, who does the work of reconciling us to God. And then we see the power of the Spirit is the third person of the Trinity that indwells believers, that moves us to obey, that moves us to worship, that empowers us to live the Christian life. And so we have the Godhead living, a part, a part of the Godhead living inside of us. But Jesus knows that we would need help. And this Holy Spirit helps believers. He is the helper. Another translation calls him the advocate. Meaning that it is Jesus or the Holy Spirit that goes on our behalf, knows our needs, knows our desires, knows our hurts, and steps in the gap for us, advocating for us, helping us, giving us the things that we need. Another passage of scripture, another translation refers to this helper, the Holy Spirit, as a counselor who's counseling us, who's encouraging us, who's giving us wise wisdom and understanding. There are other parts of Scripture that we can look through and we can see other things that the Holy Spirit helps us do as our helper, the one who comes alongside us. John 14, here in this passage, we see that he helps us when our hearts feel sad. He helps us feel better. He, when we mourn, he comforts us. 2 Timothy chapter 2, or verse, chapter 1, verse 7, says the Holy Spirit helps us be brave when we're scared. You know, I don't know about you, but I know there are people in this place right now that every single day they wake up and they face giants. There are giants in their lives that they feel overwhelmed by, they feel overcome by, and it is the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us that says, you can do this. 
or it gives us, it helps us see that God is the one fighting our battles, that God is going before us on our behalf. It's the spirit that helps us see that so that when we're scared, when we feel like the world is overwhelming to us, we know that the power of the spirit lives inside of us, helps us be brave. Romans chapter eight, verse 26 tells us that the Holy Spirit helps us pray when we don't know what to say. I love what Paul writes there in Romans 8. He says that the, the Holy Spirit, when we pray, the, the Spirit is going on our behalf before the Father with groaning so deep that we can't even understand. And so this, this holy communication going on, when, when we open our mouths or we open up our minds to pray to God the Father, the Holy Spirit immediately is enacted and he's going on our behalf before the Father telling the Lord exactly what we need. You might be there praying as, as a child, oh God, please give me a goldfish. Oh God, please give me a goldfish. God, please give me a goldfish. That may be the simpleness of your prayer, but the power that's taking place in those simple prayers is the Holy Spirit, the part of the Trinity is going on your behalf before the Father, communicating to your Father the things that you really need. And that's how we can know that we get exactly what we need because the Spirit is interceding. The Spirit is communicating with the Father. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 8 and 10 tells us that the Holy Spirit helps us understand the Bible. Like the, the words of God. This is a confusing book. I don't know if you ever sat down and, and tried to read it and try to understand what's happening. Like especially you go in the Old Testament and you're like, that's just some crazy stuff. Right? You're like walking through the book of Ecclesiastes and some other. You're like, this is, this is mind-blowing. And you know, the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of us illuminates and helps us make this make sense. Without it, it just seems like a book. You can read this as though it's a history book and not get anything from it. You can be like, oh, that's a good book. That's a crazy book. That's an interesting book. The Spirit makes this come alive to us so that when we interact with the Word of God, when we come to the Word of God with our needs, right? We're needy people. How many of you need answers from the Lord today? How many of you are like, God, please help me in this. I've got this problem that's way too big that I can't control. And then how many of us actually give space and time to come to the word and say, okay, word speak. Right? I, I see so many people in their lives today not willing to do the work. Not willing to do the work. Oh, we want to complain and we want to get our little circles together and, and gather our lives around with people and say, man, this is my problem. This is my hurt. This is my harm. This is what's going on. This is how difficult it is. Can't you feel sorry for me? And people are like, yeah, man, that's sorry. I pray for you. I'm not getting in that mess with you, but I'm going to pray for you. Right? We forget that this is the living word of God spoken from God's mouth to our ears. And the only way we're gonna be able to understand the truths that are in here is if we spend time in it because the spirit, when we read the word of God, the spirit is like, yes, this is true. Yes, this is life. And we begin to understand it in a way that makes sense for what we're going through. Oh, every, every page of this book is proclaiming the faithfulness of God. That he is faithful, he is faithful, he is faithful. So the, word of, so the Holy Spirit helps us understand the word of God. The Holy Spirit also helps us know God's love. According to Romans chapter five, verse five, it's the spirit 
that allows us to know God's love in our lives. And then there's the spirit that speaks, helps us speak the truth. It's the spirit that helps, gives us the boldness to speak the truths of God where we have the ability to speak the truth of God in love. The spirit is a great helper. I've got a quick illustration that I'd like to, to show you this morning. And it involves fire. So I'm super excited about this. Hopefully this works. Now, are there any kids here that really like fire? I see those hands. All right. So we've got fire inside of the church. Hopefully this place doesn't burn down. <laughs> yeah, be amazed. The lighter worked. This is amazing. All right. So this candle, this fire, represents the trials of life that we go through. Right? Like if I were to touch this right now, I would get burned. Right? That would be dangerous. And so what we're going to do is we're going to represent your life and my life as this sad guy, that face balloon guy. Okay, this is going through life. He's sad. Life's hard. Life's difficult. And without the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of him, when he gets close to the flame, he has pain. It's like Humpty Dumpty again, right? No one can put him back together again. His life, his eyes have been split in two. Like, it's just a bad situation. He's been, uh, been looking at the flame and being exposed to the challenges and the difficulties of life, and he is overcome, overwhelmed by it. Now let's look at the life of someone that's filled with the Holy Spirit. I've got Joe here. This is Joe. Joe goes through difficult times too. Joe has ups and Joe has downs and Joe has good days and Joe has bad days, but Joe is also filled with the Holy Spirit so that when he goes through life and he faces the difficulties of life, he can be close to the flame and not be overwhelmed. Let me show you that again. That's pretty cool. All right. Look at that. Some of you are like, i got to go home and try that. That's really cool. Yeah, so the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of us allows us to go through the difficulties of life because he's there keeping us, helping us, maintaining us, counseling us, guiding us, empowering us. So as we see, the power of the Holy Spirit is there to help the believer, to help us get through so that we can have the guarantee that true believers, those that really are in Christ, we have the guarantee that we will make it through to the end. That nothing will overwhelm us, nothing will overcome us, nothing will destroy us because we have the power of God living inside of us. So the second thing that we see about the Spirit is the Spirit was sent to convict the world. Spirit was sent to convict the world. Let's jump on down to verse eight. And it says, and when he comes, meaning when the Holy Spirit comes, he, the Holy Spirit, will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. 
Jesus shows us here that the primary thing that the Spirit will do when he comes will convict the world. This idea of conviction is to, is to allow people to see their sin so that they respond in repentance. Right? We see our sin, we see us ourselves for who we really are so that we respond in repentance. So Jesus says the Spirit is coming concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. Right? He wants us to know that we are sinful. That's the Spirit's role. The Spirit's role is to convict us of sin. The Spirit's going to tell you, you're not okay. The Spirit, as it works in our lives, is going to tell us that we're sinful people, that we're, we've done wrong in the sight of God, that God is our creator, and to him we are accountable, and for him to have a relationship with him, we must be holy. And the, the Spirit is going to convict you, and it's going to say, you're not holy you're not good. And then the Spirit comes in, not only convicts us of sin, but convicts us of righteousness. To, uh, helps us understand that we're not right. That even though we might try to fix ourselves and make ourselves right before God, that we are not righteous. That we can do nothing on our own that is good, that can earn God's love, earn God's favor. And so he's, the Spirit is there to tell you that you're not okay, that you're a sinful person, and that there's nothing you can do to fix it. And then the Spirit tells us that you're going to stand before God and be judged because God is holy and we are not. And so the Spirit says, this is where it gets really, really bad. Not only are you a sinful person and you can't fix yourself, you are guilty and you are going to be judged. And that is the birth to new life. Because until we come to understand those three things, until the work of God through the Holy Spirit in our lives, until we come to understand that we are bad, we can't fix ourselves, and we are going to be judged, we have no, no hope, no desire, no need for the gospel. So that's what the Spirit does. The Spirit points us to Jesus. The Spirit tells us, you're not okay, but Jesus has done the work to make you okay. So in some ways, and in a great and a mighty way, the Spirit glorifies the Son. It point, he points us to the Son, saying, the Son is your only hope. You're bad, and you're in a difficult place, but you need the Spirit. And the Bible tells us that, that we can't come into the Father until we're called. Right? We, can't, we can't come to the Father. And so the Spirit has to do its work. And here's, here's just a, a, a helpful thing for you. If you're a believer and you are in Christ and you have the spirit of God living inside of you and you know that it's part of our call to make disciples and you're at work and you're like trying to make disciples by sharing the gospel with people around you, guess what? You're not responsible for how they respond. You don't know the work of the spirit that's going on. They can't respond until they hear. Right, and so if you're like, well, if, uh, the Spirit's gonna do the Spirit's work, so I'm gonna sit back and I'm not gonna say anything. No, the Bible tells us that people cannot respond until they hear the word of God. And when they hear the word of God, the Spirit of God is at work drawing them, moving them, convicting them of sin. And so we have to be the mouthpiece. We have to be the communicators of God's love to people that are around us. But we can leave the results up to the Lord. If someone that we're communicating to, a loved one that you're communicating to, trying to tell them the truths of the gospel, and it's like they're a deer in headlights. It just means that the Spirit might not be working yet. And so we continue to communicate. We can continue to share. And then when the Spirit does it, it does it in a mighty way. 
I remember the work of the Spirit in my own life. That there was a, a time at a very, very young age, I was five years old, and the reality of my sin gripped my heart as much as a five-year-old could. We were standing, at, we had a fellowship at church um, at, on Sunday night after the church. Uh, my brother and sister were sitting in the pastor's office, and on the way home, um, I talked to my mom, and I'm like, hey, mom, what, what were they doing in there? And, and uh, my mom told me that they were accepting Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And I said, well, what's that about, mom? And she said, well, you know, the Bible tells us that we're sinful people, and that if we die in our sins, we go to a place called hell. And I'm like, mom, I don't want to go to hell. She's like, well, are you a sinful person? Yeah, I know I'm a sinful person. As a five-year-old, I, I, I knew I was a sinful person, right? Mom would say, go clean up your bedroom. I wouldn't, that's sin, right? As a five-year-old, I knew it clearly. I knew clearly that I was a sinful person. And for the very first time, I knew that I deserved to go to hell. And at five years old, I was like, mom, I don't wanna go to hell. And she's like, well, that's good. There's a person called Jesus. I'm like, mom, I know about Jesus. Jesus walks on water, Jesus feeds the 5,000. I've heard all the stories. I, I know all that stuff from the Bible. And she's like, yeah, but do you, do you understand why he came? I'm like, I, I don't really know. He came to pay the penalty for your sin. I'm like, he did? He did? Tell me more. Yeah, he stepped in your place. Like he took the death that you deserved. Like imagine, like I, I go to my house and I tell this story. This wasn't what she said, but I'm elaborating on it. I tell, I tell kids all the time, imagine you go home and you're left alone because your parents said they're leaving, right? And what you do in that time is you trash your house. Oh, you take all the food out of the, out of the kitchen and, and you throw it all over the place. You take the couches and you rip them up. You break all the TVs, you break the windows. You do all this stuff. And guess what? Your mom and dad, they come back home. What's gonna to happen to you, kids? You're gonna be punished. Like, you could, like the worst kind of punishment you could have. If you were my kid, you would be severely punished, right? Why? Because you did something wrong. You did what you weren't supposed to do. You sinned, you messed up big time. And the, the, the example of it is all over the place. There's no place you can hide. You can't say your dog did it. You can't say anyone else did it. You did it because you did the crime and now you deserve punishment. But then, let's say in an instant, I, I hear what's going on and I run over to your house and I'm like, hey, mom, dad, I'm, I'm sorry they did this. They know that they're guilty. They know, but let me take their punishment. I'll clean it up too. I'll make it all right. But let me step in their place and let me take it. How would that make you feel, kids, if I did that? If I took your punishment for you, would that make you feel excited? You're like, yeah, thank you. Well, in a greater way, that's what Jesus has done for us. We've made a mess of all that God has created, all that God has given us, and we deserve punishment. But Jesus steps in, in the right time, in the right way, and he went to a cross to pay the penalty for our sin. Jesus died and rose again, now putting to death, death and sin and all that. And anyone who believes on the name of Jesus will be saved, but we can't get to that place until the Spirit does the work of convicting us of our sin. Maybe today is the very, very first time that you feel something. Maybe you feel like, or maybe you've been walking through a season in your life where you're like, hey, things are not okay. Maybe the Lord has been working in your life and you're like, I'm not okay. And you've been wondering, like, what's wrong with me? That could very much 
be the spirit of God working inside of you. Saying, hey, you're not okay. You need someone else. And you know what I'll tell you who you need? You don't need more pills. You don't need more counseling. You don't need more self-help books or other things like, you don't need more friends. What you need is come to Jesus, repent of your sin, and believe in him as your savior and Lord. And then you have the power of God living inside of you. You're reconciled back to the Father and you are loved by God. If that's you today, if you sense that in your heart, then in a moment we're gonna, the, the worship team's gonna come up and we're gonna sing. That may be an opportunity for you. If you're here, you can do business before the Lord. Simply you go to him in prayer and say, Jesus, I've sinned against you. I no longer want to do that. I realize that I am dead in my sins and I want to give my life to you because I believe that you can forgive me. And now I want to give you my life and surrender that to you. You pray that prayer, say something like that, whatever is on your heart, and in an instant you can be saved. Because the role of the Spirit is to always spotlight the Son. That's the whole role of the Spirit. The whole role of the Spirit is to say, you're not okay, but he points us to the Son who can save us. He's the only one that can save us. So the third today. We see that the Spirit was sent to guide the church. Look with me in verse 12. He says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own authority, but ever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you, that all that the Father has is mine. And therefore I said, he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Very, very quickly, Jesus draws the attention of his disciples to the role of the Spirit. One of the roles of the Spirit is to guide us in truth. Not, not some new revelation, not some new truth, but the truth that has already been given, he's gonna guide us in it. He's gonna help us understand as the church, as individuals in the church, but also as the church, it is his truth that is gonna guide us. We have to know what he says. We have to live according to the way he says we're supposed to live, but we have to know the truth. And in this, we're able to discern between what is true and what is false. It's the role of the church, and part of the church is to walk in that, and that's what the Spirit does. And then the second gift we see is the Spirit helps us glorify Christ. The Spirit is magnifying Christ. See, in the way that the Holy Spirit works is the Spirit helps us draw our attention to Jesus, and Jesus is drawing our attention to God the Father. So the Spirit magnifies the Son, and the Son magnifies the Father, and we need all of that work in order for us to be reconciled and to be redeemed. We need all of that working in our lives so that we can live a life in this wicked and depraved and dark world. The Spirit guides us in truth. The Spirit glorifies Christ. We see that it is his role to spotlight Jesus. I don't know where you're at this morning. I don't know the needs that are on your heart. I don't know what challenges you face. I don't know what giants you face. But I do know, according to the word of God today, that we don't have to go it alone. 
Not only has he given us his word, he's given us his spirit to understand the word, and he's also given us each other. In this body of Christ, these band of brothers, these us as believers who are children of God, seeking to honor our Father as we live in this life, we are not alone. And we do need each other, but God gives us everything that we need to carry out the journey. So today, I don't know where you're at. Maybe you're in a place where you're struggling, and you just need to be reminded that you have power living inside of you that will get you through to the end. Even if you're walking through the dark days, even if you're walking through confusing days, even if you're walking through the most difficult challenges of your life, the Bible tells us that we have the power of the Spirit that promises to get us through the end. And he also tells us that if we do the work, if we do the work of spending time bringing our concerns before him, bringing our needs before him in the word, the Spirit interacts there. And so the most powerful gifts that we have is that we have a gift of prayer and we have the gift of God's word. And those two things together combined in our lives help move us in the direction that God desires for us to go. So I'm gonna pray and our worship team is gonna come up. And as we sing this last song, just continue to ask the Lord to convict you of sin, to show you the areas of your life where you might be out of step with what he's doing and what his plan is for you. But let us respond to the word of God today. Father, we thank you for your love today. We thank you, Father, that through the work of Jesus, we can be reconciled back to you, but we also thank you for the role of the Spirit in our lives. Thank you for the promise that you give us to be our helper, that we're not alone, but that we have your power living inside of us that seeks to move us to obedience. And Father, today, if there's someone here that does not know you, Father, today I pray that that convicting power in their lives will be so powerful and so strong that it would not move them only to see, it would move them to see their need for you and their desperation because of their sin. But instead of turning away from you, maybe that spirit would turn them to you so that you can cure the ills of their hearts. Or maybe there's some here today that are just struggling in their walk and they needed to be reminded that they're not alone. Father, we pray today that you would lift their head. Lift their head not so that they would see that the power comes from their own will or from their own abilities, but the power to walk comes from the Spirit. So Father, I pray you continue to work in the life of our church, in the lives of our people, and may we honor and glorify you today, we pray. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us as we study God's word together. We would love to hear how God is moving in your heart and get you connected into the Woodside Bible Church family. Head to woodsidebible.org connect to introduce yourself to us today.